0: you <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and in-betweeners, I'm your host, Alexander Rodriguez, here for On the Rock's radio show, where celebrities and cocktails mix tonight. It's the Magic mic of Hollywood. We have our manly men from entertainment, uh, with over 80 film appearances, including Karate Kid, Rambo 2, white Earp, and, of course, Cobra Kai. We have Martin Cove here in the house. We also have creator of the Mortified Universe, including stage show, Netflix show, and podcast. David Nadelberg is here, with my guest co-host, actor and BMX pro, Kurt Yeager from NCIS LA, Sons of Anarchy, and Personal Space. Woo! Let the games begin!
1: Thank you for being... ...Boulevard.
2: Life is a banquet, and most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like
3: to propose a toast.
2: In your seat, it's going to be a bumpy night.
0: Oh, Lord have mercy. It is going to be a bumpy night. We have a little bit of everything. And I have to say, we're ending Pride Month. I'm the only gay person in this room. <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Uh, my white friend says, this is so spicy, right? First of all, this is water. I ran into, like, a mild salsa bar this weekend. Why make mild salsa? What is the point it's, of salsa? It's for people like me. It's an insult to my people. <laughs> What's the, But the salsa is supposed to be spicy. Yeah, except I,
3: what, like, mild salsa at Taco Bell is spicy enough to me. But then why so. bother?
0: because it has a little bit of tingle. Are you <laughs> you, you can get a medication for that? <laughs> Are you the kind of guy that walks into Baskin Robbins and gets French vanilla?
3: No, no, no. Just vanilla. Just then. vanilla.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Thank you to our sober listeners for listening and we love you and thank you for holding our hair back and thank you for driving us home. If drunk texting was a sport, I'd be an Olympian or I'd be a sensei. Oh, you see what I did there? Yes. All right, let's give a shout out to our uh, our presenting sponsor Kurt, take it away.
2: No wonder mm-hmm. be <laughs> you, you rode a bike here. I mean, yeah. Sons yeah. of Anarchy. Yeah. Can't get rid of it, right?
0: Today's show is brought yeah, to you yeah. by San Diego County Fair. Celebrate Pride Month at the fair. Enjoy unique food, rides, entertainment, exhibits, shopping, and fun for the entire family. Visit SanDiegoFair.com. Yes! San that was, like, right on it. By <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> Thank you, Vons. <laughs> because they send you, like, that clip, and you have to, like, fit it in right then. Did you hear that?
3: Yeah, I was I was really upset with Vons, though, because they stopped the Monopoly game. And I was so close. I was so close to winning
2: the millions.
0: Kurt, that's a racket. Nobody, like, when I was close. does the I I had one left. They have the winning piece, like, in New York, and you're in California. Isn't that how they do that?
2: No. Yeah, in Alaska
4: or you know, New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, there's
0: no way, unless you were, like, a world traveler, that you're going to win Monopoly. I was wait, close. wait,
4: I thought... McDonald's had a monopoly on the Monopoly game.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> they did, and they do.
3: But Vaughn's has it like the other six months of the year. Whoa! Yeah, Who but they don't the even game?
4: match. Who has the Hungry Milton Hungry Bradley? Hippos game? Isn't that Milton uh.
3: Bradley
0: as well?
4: <laughs> there needs to be That's retail. That's my
0: apartment on a on a Wednesday night <laughs> is the Hungry Hungry Hippo game. I'll tell you that much. Oh, Lord. Uh, (laughs) We have such a full show today. Hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, iTunes, Google Play, and of course, we are on Facebook Live right now on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, and nationally on Bear World Magazine. Roar. Check out my weekly interviews, movie news, and reviews in Bear World Magazine. Uh, This week, big news for cult film uh, lovers, and I love it. Jim Henson's The Witches is getting a reboot... Robert Zemeckis is coming out of the mothballs to direct it, and Guillermo del Toro is producing. Wow. I couldn't be happier. I hope Angelica Houston is in it somewhere. Does anybody remember The, yeah, the, the yeah, Witches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a good, but it was ahead of its time. It was dark, and it was against children, and I can't stand children, so I, I loved it. <laughs> also this week, Rotten Tomatoes had to verify their 0% rating for Gotti, um, so they had to prove that, yes, it 0% for Gotti. Wow. And John Travolta said that he had hoped it was going to be an Oscar non for Gotti. Wow. He had also hoped that masseuse wasn't going to say anything, but he did. We know I ended that up. Sorry, Gotti. Did anybody here see Gotti? I, I didn't see it. I've heard that it was
3: horrible, but that at least John was good in it. He, and he was like, like I, That's what I heard. They were like, at least he was decent, but it was so bad around him that they couldn't do anything with it. <sighs> when that much effort's put into something... Well, sometimes groupthink is bad. Yes. You know, you have to have yeah. a vision and go for it instead yeah. of just kind of... Uh, or
0: sometimes it wins... Like YouTube Red being resurrected by Cobra Kai. Thank yeah. you very much, Cobra Kai. No, uh. that's
3: group want, not group think. They wanted it. They right. Wanted it. With they the wanted research the and everything. Yeah,
0: well, and we're definitely going to talk about that it. because it, it's back for season two. And our friend, Mr. Can I call you Marty? Every time I want to say Martin Cove, I want to say Marty. Or do I have to, like, earn that first? You have to earn it. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, then <laughs> <to> say <laughs> Show no mercy. Yeah, every time, you, every time you say hit him, I get to, I get yes. to hit him. Yes. <laughs> With purpose, though. Show no mercy. I will show the leg. no mercy. Woo. Okay. Uh, for our audio listeners, you can check out our video stream on Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, on the Hillcrest Social app. Uh, you can stream all of our video there for free. My mom, Mama Rose, is in the chat room on Facebook live. Ask her your question. She might uh, she might ask it. She's done her own research, and she has a crush on every one of you. I have to tell you that much. Please keep her busy. She's next to a bottle of vodka, and I don't need her drunk tweeting because I don't need a show cancellation. Uh, hello to our engineer, Kurt. Kurt, do you have a pun? Number one, how excited are you that you know I'm, I'm we? Very excited, yes. actually. This is this is the nice. straightest show we've ever had.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> the night is young. Yeah, yeah. that's true. The rock is <laughs> I'd be mortified. Oh, okay. Kurt. Uh,
4: you want you want the pun? I'm assuming because that's if that's, we must. That's that's how we start how our show. Go
0: ahead. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know the uh, the urge to sing the lion sleeps tonight is just a whim away.
3: Oh. oh
0: god <laughs> No, do not give you the left That yes.
3: was mouye.
0: bad per that was really bad. They're, they're all really bad yeah but that was like worse I mean, than really most like that hurt my feelings <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry oh lord like us on twitter and instagram at on the rocks on air facebook on the rocks radio show subscribe to us on youtube find us on the web on dot com you can literally watch and listen to every show on on the rocks radio show dot com but I like to announce all the syndicates so you know I'm famous book me for a wedding funeral quinceanera bris I don't care I will show up info at on the rocks dot com I officiated a wedding by the way how'd that go it went very well
3: did they run away like did they break up
0: do you know I don't... I'm, I'm going to put myself out of a job. I actually have a really bad track record really? for marrying couples. I can officiate the divorce, though, and make it really funny. <laughs> All in one place. Yeah. And you know, Kurt, if if you're getting married... <clears throat> anytime soon. I could no. be an officiant. You want to do it? I want to throw the bachelor party, though. Can oh. you imagine
3: me throwing your bachelor party? Yeah, that would be insane. It would be crazy. I think, I think I'd think i get in trouble. I think so, too. I think <laughs> I'd get in trouble, too. <laughs> I think I wouldn't get married.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> coming up on the show, we have the reschedule of Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero from the room slash disaster artists are coming in. Real Housewife of OC alumni Gretchen Rossi is coming in. Musician Steve Grant is coming. Bryna Abasalo, winner of The Bachelorette. For our reality show show with some Vanderpump Rules people. I know you fans are out there. And we have American Idol finalist David Hernandez is on the way. So get ready for that. We don't slow down around here. We just get better and better. In case in point, for, do you mind paying attention to the show? I'm reading your little thing here. It's, it's just, a,
3: you're you're in. It's his name, Alexander
0: Rodriguez, yes. and host Tony Sweet. Mm-hmm. Is that you're like, look at that.
3: Is that
2: like your it's other very name?
0: Don't show that because it's why? secret. It's security. Oh. As Mr. Cove knows, security, they, they don't take lightly around here, right, Mr. Cove? No, uh, they don't. I'm no, they so, don't. so sorry.
2: It's <clears throat> all right. They carry 50 caliber machine guns. And <laughs> 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 uh,
0: well, you know why? Because Shonda Rhimes is here. She's literally upstairs. She's writing her next opus, but they film how to get away with murder here. In fact, they walk right by this window. So Viola Davis is walking around, so that's why security's so tight, but I'm very sorry. All right. Uh, Well, I'm gonna have a word with them. Let me introduce my bestie for tonight, Kurt Yeager. Kurt Yeager. Whoa, we haven't even started. Uh, Actor, athlete, and advocate. He's widely recognized for his character, Greg the Peg, in season five on hit series, Sons of Anarchy, also known for roles in Quarry, pure genius, NCISLA shooter, Ryan Felipe, Uh, Shameless, and the web series, Personal Space. He's a highly respected member of the sag after committee, uh, performers with disabilities, and advocates for the inclusion of actors with disabilities and roles not specified for disabled characters. He speaks with network executives, showrunners, writers, and casting on ways to increase inclusion through understanding and insight into the entertainment industry. So necessary right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt's also a former <laughs> professional X Games athlete. Years before losing his leg in a horrible accident, which we've talked about when he'd been on the show before, uh, and I get so many emails after you're gone, by the way, uh, Kurt came back, was the first amputee in the X Games, the first and only amputee to successfully pull a backflip and still rides to this day. In 2016, he ran up the entire Empire State Building, 86 floors in 20 minutes.
3: Yeah, 20 minutes and 19 seconds. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, That's just crazy. And he did that for the Challenged Athletes Foundation, raising money and awareness uh, for the charity. Motorcycles are Kurt's uh, second passion. And it's so fun to see him riding around. I'm like, "Hey, Kurt!" And I got to wear your helmet. Remember? <laughs> I that did. That became a viral sensation. That was great. That it. was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we hung out with uh, Joanna Cassidy. I know. Yeah. She says hello, by the way. Oh, hello, Joanna. Hey, girl. I I thought there <laughs> were sparks there, by the way. <laughs> yep. Mm, cougar. She was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. Uh, Kurt's been the host of BMW uh, GS Trophy Challenge for several years, riding motorcycles off-road in Thailand, Madagascar, the Canadian Rockies, South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Europe, and the United States. He is a, also a really uh, a real day Superman and he'll be embarrassed for me to elaborate, but he was in the front lines in Puerto Rico (laughs) with his motorcycle group helping victims of the hurricane in places where regular vehicles could not go, and he was literally putting out fires uh, for his neighbors during the terrible fires a few months ago near the Getty Center. Please welcome Kurt Yeager! Yay!
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I need a sip after that bio. That was really impressive that you know that much about
1: me.
0: You know, it's funny, because every time you're on the show, I get emails from very different groups of people you inspire. Of course, you know, for, for representing uh, disabled actors and, you know, losing your leg in the horrible accident. We went into de- detail, I think, mm-hmm. last time. <coughs> Just briefly, uh, the letter our is the horrible accident that happened to you.
3: Yeah, uh, I was in an accident where I hit a guardrail, a pole, fell off a 40-foot cliff, ripped my leg off, tore my pl- bladder in half, pelvis in half, broke seven vertebrae, lost my lungs, broke all my... Right ribs concussion ACL MCL and deep pain thrombosis. I had a hell of a hangnail too.
0: <laughs> and I, a paper
3: I couldn't cut. Couldn't eat the pudding, you know. Like well, I was three months. What in did hospital. your insurance company
0: say? They were like, "Oh God, <laughs> they're like not again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you literally, in fact, um, this was recounted in, in a music video, was, was your comeback, and yeah. you, you refused to just let that be the end of your career, and you really hit it back, which you've been an inspiration, like I said, for people with disabilities. Yeah. You've also been an inspiration for people in entertainment, which we all know in the entertainment industry. We have our ups, we have our downs, and it's really just keep going, keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah, I mean, you have two choices, sit in the gutter, complain,
3: or not. And so you just have you, just, you reach that point and you decide I'm not going to, you know, just do nothing. So you start rebuilding, you start trying to figure it out. And it's difficult to come to that. But I think honesty with yourself is where you start to gain that like acknowledgement. And then you go, OK, I got to I can't be this way. So let me try and figure it out. So like if in this industry, like if you're banging your head on the wall over and over and over, you're like, OK, let me try it from the window. Let me break in from the second story. Let me go into the garage, you know, and you start trying to figure out another way in.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that, because I want to talk about... We're going to talk about bad guys today and and stories from people's past and who makes us who we are. Yeah. And changing changing the story a little bit, you are notoriously... Uh, playing the bad guys and everything—you—you—you've beaten women senseless. <laughs> you've been the bad guy in espionage, trapping women. I mean, you're just a bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. but you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met in real life.
3: It's like Bob Ross, you know, 'cause like he, I heard
0: he was like a a drill sergeant. Bob Ross wasn't he? You know, Happy Trees. The painter guy. Yeah, yeah. He oh, was. lord. He, he has a Chia the, after him. You really, have to be yeah, a nice Bob guy Ross. if they make a Chia after you. Well, not.
3: You know, the Bob Ross guy, who's like the painter of the Happy Trees, sure. does all that. Yeah. yeah. So he was like a drill sergeant. He like grew up and did that, and you know. Did like I no clue. Viet, it was either Vietnam or Korea, I believe, and so he's you know that kind of a guy. Like I grew up in a rough neighborhood where it was just a rough place to be, and I had to do things to keep safe. And then once you got out, you're like, I'm gonna leave that way behind, and you just flip the switch in your mind, you know.
0: But no one a bad guy. Uh, your next project, uh, it's actually comedy. Uh, yes, it's a festival. I know. What
3: what is the festival? The festival is about two. Um, Uh, lovers actually that are uh, just graduate university and they're uh, this is an English film so I'm the only American in this English UK film and they they break up the day they graduate but they're going to this huge music festival that they have very expensive tickets for so they decide that even though they the whole breakup they could probably go to this festival and still just be friends she thinks that but he wants her back she meets me
0: that doesn't work out for him you're always taking the girl (laughs) away from the guy like stop it (laughs) I know. It's, That's why it's I like not. taking to West Hollywood because I know you'll leave my friends alone. Like, yeah. there's no danger there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what was it like switching to comedy, though? Like, does your acting approach have to change? No,
3: I'm actually much more trained in comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the drama just comes like natural cuz it's like if you just tell me to say something that I mean, if I believe it, I'll say it exactly as I mean it and ruthlessly. But yeah. like comedy, like that's what I want to do. What comedy is so much more fun because you don't like as you know, Martin, like it's like you get to play and dance and have fun and like drama is just heavy and you have to always like be in it and like but like a stupid comedy, you don't I don't know, you just kind of who cares I d- i did uh, uh, <laughs> I no, like, in a good way. This, like, no cares? like, like in a good way who cares like you just you don't give fun, a shit anymore like yeah. you can play and like that take didn't work who <clears throat> cares because you're playing because it's called a play you know what i mean like you're you're literally trying to come up with stuff that's funny that's why jim carrey is all over the place and can't be controlled because it's like dancing like and 50% of what he does that's brilliant still doesn't even make it in
0: yeah, but when he switches to
3: to drama It makes
0: me really uncomfortable, and I see him trying so hard and it takes all the fun That's out of it. because you're used to what he looks like No, but I see him. It's like I'm acting now. I'm doing the Truman show. It's like stop trying so hard. Just do it I
3: don't know the majestic he was pretty good in that.
0: Oh My gosh, what a <laughs>
3: yeah. prude,
0: but it's 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 <laughs> but it's funny because Jessica Lange to this day talks about Tootsie you know we think of yeah. to- Tootsie as this huge comedy she said that was one of the roughest films that she's ever done even in terms of Kate Fear because comedy was so foreign to her and really? it was so difficult she would go home crying because she felt she wasn't doing it right and she hated doing comedy wow yeah and she talks about it like it was it was violent enough for her to, for her to question her career her acting everything and of course we know Jessica Lange can I, do
3: no wrong yeah 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 no I mean that's that's incredible I'd, n- I'd never experienced that with her Comedy. I think comedy is like, for me, like, drama, I love. I love doing it. I love getting into it. You know, like, in Quarry, I play, you know, a contract killer, extremely dark 1970s God. rapist, the whole nine. Like, and I had to, like, get into it and call, you know, like, people and find out more about, like, why a character would be this way and everything else. And it took effort. Where comedy, you just kind of go too. off the rails and play,
0: like, Quarry. Yeah. Like, it was unrelentless. Like, when you didn't think they were going to show it, they showed, uh, and in fact, last time you were on, we played that scene—your yeah. big violent climax scene. I mean, you had to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and Martin, we got this question from uh, from a number of your fans lately. You've been you've been, and people said, "Is he softening up?" You know, you did the Goldbergs, which was so fun, and it was kind of like a play at yourself. But it seems like, you know, in terms of comedy taking over, you're kind of showing a little bit more ease, a little bit more personality. Um, do you find? Are you actively trying to do that, or is it? Has comedy always been something that you've kind of wanted to play with too?
2: No, I've I've always wanted to do comedy, and I was able to do com. My second series out here was something called We've Got Each Other, oh. and it was very funny. It was it was just I was like, you know, Ken of Ken and Barbie. Yeah, you know, I, I was. <laughs> you the, got the looks for it, girl. I was the Guy. pool man, you know and next door, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was just, you know kind of a very limited intellectual character, and, <laughs> and he was very funny, and it was all that, oh, you know, that kind of look, and, and it worked out, and it was really fun, and I really enjoyed it. I've just done a play, Beyond Therapy, you know, over at um, Theater West. It's um, a great Theater play. West. Yeah, yeah, it is. At um, Playhouse West, actually, <clears throat> and it's John Lithgow did it on Broadway, and I played the psychiatrist, and it's very funny. I mean, we had such a good time, but, to get back to what you were saying, I think, you know, the the audience participation in comedy is what makes it. Yeah. You know, and if we're lucky enough to do three cameras and have an audience, you know what works. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's it's hard. I think it's really hard. You know, and and you have to really you have to really relax a lot to play comedy. You know, but it is rewarding because usually someone in the crew will crack up hysterical and. And even if you don't have a live audience in front of you, you know, even though people say it's a kiss of death to have the crew crack up and laugh at what you're doing, you know you're pretty funny if you do something in the crews laughing hard
0: and it's a little like affirmation it's like you know keep <clears throat> going you're you're on the right track dave do you feel that when people want to be in a mortified project that they want to be funny to make the audience laugh because when i watch the mortified whether it's the sundance channel show or it's the <clears throat> netflix show or i listen to the podcast which uh thanks for the pride episodes by the way so uh informative even for me um but there's this you know comedic approach to mortified and then you get hit over the head with this Poignant story or something that we think is funny and then the actual message of it is actually quite sad Do you do you find people want to just be funny for mortified?
4: <clears throat> well for our particular um, Show so our show is where you know adults get on stage and they read aloud their most embarrassing childhood Diaries and love letters, whatever they wrote when they were 12 and thought they were geniuses. Yeah um, And so because of that the, the trappings are you can't tra- it's not about are you funny now like that's not we don't really care, and I think our audience doesn't care. It's more, are you accidentally uh, funny when you were twelve, um, which wasn't funny to you when you were twelve, uh, but it is very funny uh, now when you were sharing that and sort of this cathartic thing. But I think, you know, kind of to to the point that you guys were just making, like I actually think comedy breeds insecurity in in sort of uh, like. I'm not a I'm not really a performer I, I perform a little bit but um, More as a, as a producer I observe a lot of live comedy and I think Thank God I'm doing live comedy because if I was doing drama like I would be terrified Because I don't know if it's working comedy is very binary, you know, the audience is reacting or not in drama I guess you could argue like well, maybe they're the, if, if you're making the audience cry, but that's only sometimes in drama is that a requirement of what you want the audience to do yeah and it's like even with music like you don't have to make them dance to be doing a good job right. like they might still just be enjoying it you know like if you're enya like I how the hell do you know if you're doing a good job <laughs> you know you just I guess sense it yeah <laughs> like what does Brian Eno do like he's just like her hey, record sales well, yeah I, her, that's her a, record sales uh, right
0: when I go to a Kenny G concert and I'm doing this the whole time right. he knows he knows what I'm thinking
4: yeah but that's thumbs- very
0: funny cuz Enya, I actually listen to Enya when I write the scripts or the outlines for the show, I'm not like an Enya fan. I don't have a T-shirt. I wouldn't go to a concert. But it's just something about the music that I respect, and it calms me, mm-hmm. and it puts me in a different mindset. But like to your point, it's like if I saw it on the street, I'm like, hey girl, like, and but that that would be it. It's but it's that and connection it's, that we're all looking for is that affirmation.
4: Yeah, like how do you how do you guys? So you guys do a bunch of drama. Like how do you deal with like you put it out there and you hope that that's good. And if and and if it's if it's a dramatic thing where like. <laughs> the intent is not to make someone laugh, how do you have the confidence to be like, yeah, I did, I did that well? I would be terrified. It's terrifying. Martin?
2: Well, I mean, think of Pulp Fiction. You know, think of, think of some of the most bizarre moments on film that, if dealt with uh, humorously, would not be funny. When Samuel Jackson and John Travolta shoot the guy in the backseat and they're complaining yeah. about, the, are you telling me I can't drive? Are you telling me I can't pull a trigger? Wait, just because of that guy's brains roll over the, you can't drive, man. You know, and they're averting, averting the problem that guys just just killed the back, a human life. So that kind of humor, you know, um, uh, is very interesting. And I think you can't play it ever for humor. So you Mm -hmm. always have to play it straight. (coughs) And the funniest stuff, is truly played straight.
0: Charlie Chaplin said that, you know, when it's like when they were in his older days when he was in his seventies, they were asking but you know playing the comedy, especially when he was the tramp. He's like, No, you, you have to play it like a drama. That was this person's drama and you give it every dramatic element and the comedy comes that's that's not what you're playing for. You're playing the role for its truth.
4: When they were making the airplane, I, I think I read an interview where like the the creators were talking about how The movie studio at the time was like, put all these like funny actors in it from SNL. And they were like, no, we want Robert Stack. We want Gravitas, you know, we want Leslie Nielsen. They're like, Leslie (laughs) Nielsen, that guy isn't funny. And they're like, that's why we want it. And
0: Peter Graves, who's never been funny in his life, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's that whole thing of like just conviction and, um, you know, occasionally in Mortified, we don't just do diaries on stage, but we'll do like a play that somebody wrote as a as a teenager. And then we get actual actors, sometimes name actors, to like come on stage and and deliver it. And the one note that I always give the actors is I say, please treat this um play that was written by, you know, a fifteen year old in nineteen seventy eight or nineteen eighty six or whatever. Treat this play like it's genius and that you have no idea it's terrible. And yeah. that will make it funny.
1: Right,
2: right, right. Like, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. But if you think there's another way to go, think of Dumb and Dumber. Now, <laughs> yes. Dumb and Dumber, they travel a whole different right. line because they don't act, try to act funny. They don't try to be dry like in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. They're nuts. And they go through that middle place of conviction and yet having fun with that conviction. You know, I mean, there's so many scenes in that movie where they're brilliant. Yeah. And you know, Jeff Daniels is brilliant. I mean, if you saw Godless on, you know, a Western, he was the most vicious character, and yet, at <laughs> in <a woman laughs> Dumb and Dumber. And, yeah. and Newsroom, which they filmed here at Sunset Newsroom Gower. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally watching Newsroom and then watching Dumb and Dumber, he's like, but him as an actor, you wonder, like, number one, why did your agent let you take this role? Why did you take this role? And he probably had the most fun he's ever had, or if, for that decade in his career. Yeah, yeah, I, he I, I
2: would so. imagine so. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a consummate actor. I've seen him on stage in Carnage and on Broadway, and he is just, you know, he's really... In Newsroom, you, you kind of... I vote for the in the TV Academy, and when they send you everything, yeah. you will look at everything for best performance in a, in a limited series, but you know. You know that, you know... And, and I looked at it, everything I've watched, all five or six monologues from the lead actors, male actors... And came right back to, you know. Of course it's Jeff. Yeah, it had to be because yeah. he
0: was he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And it helps that he's like every man. You know, he's not like the big hunk. He's not, he's not, he's just a guy on the street with this important story that he tells with all of his characters and this energy he brings. Like, I want to hang out with him. Like, I want to go out for pizza. I want to talk about the world. You know, I want to read his, his childhood stories. Um, Kurt, uh, last thing before we kick things off is diversity doing better in Hollywood and you know it's such a hot button and of course I'm Latino I'm from the LGBT community but I get tired of talking about diversity in Hollywood I really really do because I think we're going the other direction we're talking about so much that people that are kind of on the fence of you know understanding where we're coming from they're like oh god enough right it's on every magazine cover it's on every blog it's on every acceptance speech which is important I get that I don't want hate email right. um, but you literally are in it in a certain way. And we talked about this, about yeah. the roles that you're going out for. Um, you are a differently uh, situated actor with with your metal apparatus. I'm
3: not PC, so you can say anything yeah. you want. Okay, all
0: right. <laughs> but uh, what is your take on diversity in Hollywood? And and Martin, you can talk about this as well, coming from the 80s uh, and, and, and the 90s where, you know, y- the kind of Crease character was, that's that's what we were given in terms of
3: yeah. uh, Hollywood. I mean, as, as it relates specifically to disabilities, you know, 20% of the population has some form of disability in America. That's 57 million Americans. On television, 2% of all words spoken are from a character that has a disability, and 95% of those characters are played by an able, able-bodied person. So you're talking about, you know... Let's say there's casting offices right now that aren't ADA compliant. So I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. let so physically let's, they couldn't physically get their audition. Physically, they couldn't even go to an audition, whether or not.
0: I never think. Whether or not. About that.
3: Okay, think about it this way: if you have a deaf actor right now, they don't have sign language or any kind of, you know, uh, interpretive something, so someone who's deaf could read for a non-deaf role, where it is an irrelevancy. Mm. That's in every single office.
0: It's funny in a, a quiet place uh, that Emily Blunt did mm. uh, with yeah, yeah, uh, Krasinski. Yeah. They insisted that insisted that the and everybody fought out.
3: them and fought them and fought them and fought them. Right. And he's like, I'm not doing the movie then. And they're yeah. like, oh, fine. And then it's a big hit. and Now they're doing a sequel. Yeah. and Oh, let's yeah. have deaf
0: people. Yeah. And you're like, and, you're like, what the? Hell? And Marley Matlin is somewhere going. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm a bit big <laughs> advocate.
3: I'm a big advocate for opportunity, not outcome. So I don't care what the outcome is. I want an equal level playing field for the audition, which is the application of... Getting work. See, I love that. That's not happening. Because the best actor should get the role. Should get the role, But no I love what. what you're saying. It's promote the audition process and... Yeah, and make sure that the access point everyone's seen, people are considered, so on and so forth, what happens afterwards is what it is.
0: But Star Power really does play a part. If Daniel Day-Lewis was not the lead in My Left Foot, you know what I mean? Sure. The movie, like, four people would have seen it and it wouldn't have done anything. Star Power doesn't. Like I said, I'm from the LGBT community. I have a number of trans actors, and I have a number of friends who are gay that are actors, but then they make like Dallas Cowboy with Jared Leto and Matthew McConaughey. The movie's being seen by more yeah. mainstream people because there's star power. So how do we deal with that? Well, I mean, that that's always going to be the case, you know. But
3: at the same time, when a person with a disability isn't allowed to audition for roles and aud- Martin audition skill sets is not acting. Like, they're separate skill sets, you know. And so, like... If you don't have the courage and the confidence to walk in a room and because you've done it a bunch of times, then you're gonna go ahead and get your one shot being a deaf actor going up against able-bodied actors and lose because you just have nerves and you haven't gotten used to it. And we're not even talking about like cutting your teeth in commercials; they don't get seen. You know, people with disabilities don't get seen for commercials either. So you're talking about like never even having the opportunity to get a co-star or a guest star. That's not so. You can never become, you know, a name. That's not even going to happen unless. But like, and in, in for instance, Harold, um, uh, he won for Best Years of Our Lives, double, you know, double arm amputee. Harold. Um, yeah,
0: and this was back in, in black and White. in nineteen fifty-four. I did one of the scenes for Film school at the yeah, university. Yeah, that's yeah. so
3: funny. Yeah, I, I'm blanking on his last name, but he. Okay, so and he got a nomination for it. He he, he got he even more so. This back is up, this girl. is the craziest story. So. Uh, He, you know, was up for an Oscar and everyone was like, he's not going to win. I mean, he was great, but he's not going to win. So they decided to make him an honorary Oscar as well and give him one for performance, you know, with a disability and everything else. And then he won also the regular (laughs) category for best supporting. And he's the only person that... I th- and he had to have
0: somebody carry home those two awards. Yeah, yeah. Boom! Yeah. That's how you do and it. And he was the
3: first person ever to win two awards for the same role in the same category. And I believe he's the only one. So, like, it's insane. And he was like, well, I won. And then you know what he did after that? Nothing. Yeah. Not because he didn't want to, because everyone said, no, thanks. I mean, okay, um, I'm blanking on her name. She was in uh, um, Family Ties uh, and in Deadwood. Um Meredith Baxter No Justine uh, Bateman um, She has cerebral palsy I believe Or MS
4: um, Are you thinking of the woman From fa- uh, Facts of Life Yes Facts of Life Facts of Life Oh Sammy. The comedian Yeah 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 yes, uh, yes. yes I don't remember her name Yeah Jerry uh, Jerry Jewell Jerry
3: Jewell And she she wrote she's, a book about it Yeah and so she's, she's done So much work right You would think She's been Facts of Life Deadwood She's All these things She's had She said she's had like 30 auditions in 30 years Yeah Because they just want to see her. So, if you apply that against what's happening, I think it's starting to turn. I mean, like, you know, Mike Page, for instance, you know, casting at TNT, TBS, he just had, you know, he pushed to get some roles in for a new project, and I saw a bunch of people's names on the list, and that was this week. So, I was like, okay, there's some diversity clients here. Good. That's starting to happen, starting to change. So, there's some some good stuff happening, but it's still pretty far, but... You know, it takes time to change too.
0: Well, and didn't you get some good news today from ABC? Uh, CBS. CBS. Yes. Okay. Go, you, you are I you allowed to, I, I, to, to I talk don't, about I, it? I mean, I guess so. You have a new show. Yes. Called "Tell Me a Story." Yes. Mm, tell me a story.
3: Tell me a story. <laughs> yes. CBS. It's a like a psychological thriller, a retelling of like three little pigs and like uh, children's stories as it relates to today's modern stuff oh, in New York. So it's really it's like be... once upon a time. Yes. For adults. Yes. I love it, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Like I've read one of the scripts, and that's it. Like I haven't seen anything
1: else. Oh, you just so. cast it
0: in,
3: you know, just yeah, in, it's just, yeah, is it anthology? Um, I don't even know. I, I I don't know much about it. I mean, that's how fresh it is. They just were like this morning. They were like, "Hey, you got it," and I'm like, "Can I see some scripts?" They're like, w- w- "Soon." They're <laughs> <laughs> so like, Get
0: like CBS. Okay. Just calm down. It's gonna be fine. CBS, send me the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We'll definitely have to bring you back for that. Kurt, I'm so excited you're here to help me interview these, uh, these gentlemen yes. here today. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Test Loop. Test Loop is the only way to travel uh, to Orange County, San Diego, uh, Palm Springs, Las Vegas, in style from Los Angeles, testloop.com. It is more affordable than an Uber. You literally get your own little pod. You can talk to people. You cannot talk to people. You can be the only one in the car and sometimes they just put it on autopilot and it drives you you guys it is so great check out testloop.com they have four routes leaving per day also 11 makeup for men we love 11 makeup for men we look natural we look good it's a little concealer it's a little powder go to 11makeupformen.com get your kit today for red carpets just a little dabble do you am i right martin just a little dabble, yeah, do you? You're
2: absolutely right, unquestionably.
0: Natural and glowing, <laughs> we look gorgeous. All right, let's get the show on the road. Let me introduce our panel for today. David Nadelberg is the creator of Mortified, getmortified.com, an international storytelling project where adults share their embarrassing childhood diaries, letters, and art. Over the course of 15 years, Nadelberg's creations have grown from a single stage show to a project that encompasses TV, film, podcast, radio, books, speaking engagements, workshops, and live events worldwide in five languages. It's like a cult out there. It's amazing. Uh, His work has been covered by This American Life, The Today Show, Entertainment Weekly, Newsweek, Boston Globe, and beyond. Uh, He recently published an interactive diary, My Mortified Life, and produced a TV series, The Mortified Guide, on Netflix. I'm telling you, if you watch episode one, you're just going to binge watch. You are hearing stories from people that you probably never would talk to in your life. And... Uh, what we're going to talk about there's like a core energy from all of these stories and it shows you we all without being sappy we're all interacted. we all have the same insecurities the same stories the same love blah 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 it is an empire that you have created please welcome Dave Nadelberg thank you Also joining us tonight, Brooklyn boy Martin Cove, is a film and television actor who has appeared in over 80 films, perhaps most recognized for his role as the psychopathic Cobra Kai sensei John Kreese in the Karate (laughs) Kim uh, film series. He is also known for his work in uh, such films as Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, and on TV series, which I remember so well, uh, Cagney and Lacey, and talk about an iconic show. Uh, Martin has also been part of many uh, iconic TV shows including Gunsmoke, The Incredible Hulk, Rockf- Rockford Files, Murder, She Wrote, Chips, Barnaby Jones, *Tarski & Hutch, Charlie's Angels, and uh, recently Tosh 2.0, and most recently The Goldbergs for such a fun um, interaction with my good friend Wendy uh, McClendon-Covey. Uh, Karate Kid fans wet their pants when the finale of YouTube's Red, uh, YouTube Red's Cobra Kai premiered. Uh, the present-day sequel to the Karate Kid franchise, and all the originals are back. Uh, ended with none other than Sensei John Kreese making his entrance, who will be a major player for Season 2 of Cobra Kai. Yes, Sensei! Welcome to the show! All right, so opening topic, and we kind of broached on this on, on playing the bad guy. Playing the bad guy in the 80s, like machine guns blaring in, in Rambo, and, you know, Show No Mercy and Karate Kid, the whole, like, theme of the macho man... With today's uh, social climate anti-bullying, like we're very sensitive to n- that now. How has that changed the roles that uh, that you've been offered or the script writing that you've received? And Kurt, you can talk about this as well for your for your roles that you play. The idea of the strong man has kind of changed just to be politically correct um, and to fit what films are doing now. And Dave, maybe you can talk about this in terms of, of the change of the masculinity energy of letters uh, of that men have written as their younger selves. So, go. On <laughs> the market site, discuss. Yeah. Oh. Well,
3: have you seen it change over the years, Martin? I mean, just from, like, uh, uh, the
2: masculinity perspective? Well, certainly. I mean, we have to remember that in the 80s, those movies and i did a lot of them after karate kid Steel justice and god knows how many (laughs) i mean good ones and bad ones that was a fun time that was you know arnold doing commando and Mm -hmm. you know and terminator i don't think we looked at the entertainment at that time as very serious it was kind of fun just a lot of fun one man against the world i remember sly did it first you know one man against the world and rambo 2 and then all of a sudden within six months you had commando you had you know chuck norris doing five you know um missing in actions you know yeah and everybody was was doing these things and they were just fun
4: a lot of fun don't discount jim Carter. no no fans okay (laughs)
0: jim (laughs) Cotta? I don't even know Karate what that
4: is. and gymnastics combined.
0: That's not a real thing. You just made that that's up. An
4: a, it's an amazing, It's Amazing eighties action.
0: Film. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. It sounds yeah. like like a sandwich I would buy like at Whole Foods. Did you eat the Chim Yes, I did.
4: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being a dick. Is but there was, like a YouTube? But it really thing? is. It is a real movie. But oh, know. it's a movie. Yes. Who's in it? It's John like Travolta. Some cheesy eighties action film. That's Gymkata. like better, no. better than Chuck Norris. We I'm gotta, gotta do watch a remake.
0: It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the reboot. All right.
2: Well, as I was saying, it's just, you know, it's different. And now the writing on television and the writing, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I come from Cagney and Lacey, so we were kind of spoiled 1982 to 88, you know. It was really good writing ahead of its time. But now the writing is so much more meaningful on television. And because in the movies we see nothing but Marvel comic books, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So all these producers and writers, I believe, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they've all migrated to television in the last 10 years. And we're getting, you know, House of Cards, we're getting, you know, Newsroom, we're getting terrific writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the big change. So people can really adhere to the writing now as a specific thing that's going on in life. And can they identify with it? You know, no one identified with, you know, who's the sly or, John Steele, you know. (laughs) No, but here's the thing I uh, I wanted
0: to say is that in a way, you guys were also inspiration for the nerdy kid, and I know this is a big theme in Cobra Kai, is taking the nerdy kids and giving them something. It's like, we're not going to go all be the muscle man, but it's that, like, be strong and whatever, which kind of took a sour note in terms of when you relate it to bullying. but being the strong guy, and you know, that's not a bad uh, icon to have in Mm -hmm, a way. mm -hmm. It's only when it gets dangerous or it doesn't uh, let other people in but you know I'm sure many kids were were watching you guys and like yeah I want to be a tough guy too not tough in the means of like you couldn't have feminine qualities but like you know you can but, stick but, up for
2: yourself but Karate Kid is not an example of is not similar to Missing in Action or Rambo Karate Kid the star of Karate Kid really was Robert Kamen who wrote Sweep the Leg, and Wax On, Wax Off, and No Mercy, and was still saying these lines 34 years later, with or without a television series. So he is really the star, and I believe that all, everybody that has come away with watching that movie 34 years ago, who's recommending it to their children now to watch Cobra Kai, that writing was brilliant. Yes. Wax On, Wax Off, I mean, you know, it's it was brilliant. Yeah, and that's what you come away with. The action pictures, it's another it's another world. It's just total popcorn and, and just escapism.
0: But it's still a following, and still people are watching them over and over and over. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Now, didn't you and Stallone have the same manager?
2: God, where did you get that information? <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago in New York, we had Kuno Spoonholtz, who was a clockmaker. Who actually (laughs) was a personal manager part time, and he got
0: (laughs) part time Hollywood manager. uh, (laughs) I
2: think they all are still. We were all starting out, you know. When you're starting out, you don't have CAA on your ass, you know. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so we he would get sly jobs like a usher in the Baronet on Third Avenue, a movie theater, and would get me a job like Santa Claus and Abraham and Strauss, you know, and. that's the kind of gigs we got, you yeah, know, back yeah. then, you know. And then we both came out here pretty much at the same time. Did you ever get any free clocks? No, he was. I don't think he ever repaired anything.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Dave, the whole idea of masculinity—how are you seeing these reflected in the letters uh, that that people bring to you? In terms of the cl- climate, has it changed where men are now able to share their their more? Um, I don't even know how to put this, but I don't want to say feminine because that has a different connotation. Vulnerable. Boom.
4: Boom. That's why you are where you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what's really interesting is, um, so I've, I've kind of gotten good over the years at like, if I meet somebody at a party and they ask me what I do, and I and then if they respond to it, um, they'll, usually they'll want to tell me something about when they were 14 or something. Um, and I've started learning like, oh, like straight men, for instance, typically don't write diaries. There are straight men who do, but straight men I've learned, like, I should ask them about letters or there was a moment where they thought they were the next, uh, insert, rock idol or hip-hop mm-hmm. idol here, yeah. you know? And so, and I've learned, like, even, like, breaking it down by racial things, like, I've learned, like, black men, for instance, tons of black guys, like, drew comic books as a kid. Like, I had no idea about that. I had no clue. Yeah. And so, like, there's just, like, very interesting things uh, by gender and all that stuff. Um, and what always fascinates me is when I do get like, occasionally we do get diaries. In fact, we have an episode of our, of our podcast one of our early episodes of of the mortified podcast is the diary of a football quarterback who went to uh, Youngstown, uh, Ohio. It's like a total football team, a football town. And he's the guy who you would think is beating up. You know, he's, He's he's in the Cobra Kai. Like he's beating up the Daniel LaRussos and yeah. like that's the that's the stereotype of what this guy is. But when you hear the diary of a football player, you hear A, he's intelligent, B, he has neuroses, and he's kind of this beautiful weirdo deep down, and I'm sure outward like he was, and he's got like a hulking deep voice and all these things. And yet um yeah, and it's really kind of fun to hear you know, that we're all, I think we're just all the same weirdo underneath. And I I, I always find that really interesting. And I also think like to pull off playing, you know, a tough guy as as Martin does and um, at least to do it well and be successful with it, like you've kind of got to be like a tough, like the audience has to sort of like love, whether you're a tough guy who's like a bad guy or whether you're a tough guy, the audience has to kind of like root for you, or like that's
0: exactly right. Yeah, and I think that's what Cobra Kai does so well. When we take Billy, who's grown up, we see why he was the way he was. We root for 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 uh, for him, and like in the original Karate Kid, I mean, you were such an imposing figure. You were the cool guy. And to your point, it's like yeah, we do root for you and and your dojo
4: as 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 well. Like there's something really fun when you're being like some people could not play a bad guy. Well, I we're... will tell
0: you and this is this is why I've never connected to Jean-Claude Van Damme films. He just he's not really being the part. He's not sitting in the part. He's just he's not a likable like tough guy. And that's there's a humanity and you, that's you're
4: Yeah, something you, like that. Yeah,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen the, the most brilliant bad guy I've ever seen was aside from Anthony Hopkins. Mm. Klaus Maria Brandauer. I mean, this is a german actor that is brilliant you know and he i don't know if you know who he is but he really is smooth and silky it's like stefan waltz you know stefan waltz was in inglorious bastards mm-hmm. played you know that's such a great film so and and you know he played that horrible nazi but was mm-hmm. silk and smooth and the mm-hmm. words just fell off his tongue and but he was so vindictive. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? I mean,
3: bad guys, a lot of people think, especially actors, but most people like bad guys, you know, you play bad. No, bad guys don't think they're wrong.
0: And
4: they have you to know?
3: be sexy. Yeah. They like have to a- be a little sexy. Alan Rickman and, yeah. and Die Hard. Yeah. Like,
0: they are totally justified. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, yeah right. I I'm, I'm not wrong.
3: To... Everyone's been against me. God's against me. Well, fuck the world. Yeah, of course. All right, then. And then now you come at it from a different
2: perspective and you're like, hmm. Yeah, that, that's what you have to do, you have to justify, I think I did, I did a movie called Price for Freedom, and Price for Freedom was a film about 1979 and all the people in Iran, and I was second in command to the Ayatollah Khomeini, and full beard, turban, and I said to myself, how am I gonna identify with this, um, Ayatollah Konkali was his name, and he's a real guy, who just if you wore a red shirt, you were a Western um, sympathist, uh, mm. uh, sympa- a sympathizer, and he'd kill you and your yeah. family. How would I? Uh, how could I possibly get into this? Really, and what I did was what you just said. I created this personal story of if I don't eliminate these Westerners from Iran, my family will be in danger. My family, they will, they will kill my children and I must protect my children. So I went into this space because this guy was just unbearable. He was yeah. the worst. You know, Ayatollah Khomeini was a sweetheart compared to this guy, and he was a real character. Wow. And all these, you know, the, all these Iranians told me who were on the set that this guy. Was. Anyway, bottom line was you have to go to a place where you're really making it personal Yeah. as a vindictive character. You've got to make it personal. And then it's up to the audience whether they like you or not. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, We're talking about stories, and, uh, Dave, I want to ask you, why do you think Mortified has become such, uh, such a fixture? We are so fascinated by other people's stories from their past. Where, where does that fascination come from, and where does your fascination with that come from?
4: With stories or, or with the past?
0: With past stories.
4: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think because we were all, you know, like... I've never met anyone in this room, right, Martin? You've never met these guys, and yet we could probably—and we're of various generations, I think, and backgrounds—and yet I think there are there are commonalities that happen that aren't um, just cultural commonalities, but there are just things that genetically happen to us when we're six, when we're ten, when we're fifteen—you know, growth spurts, all these kinds of things—that we all relate to, and we can all—and they gave us a lot of stress back in the day um, and anxiety and all and and that really put a dent like whatever happened to you when you were a kid shaped you a heck of a lot more even if it's a small little pebble of a dent in you like really left a big mark on you more than sometimes what happened to you when you were 27 or 37 or so on and um, Mm. I think because we can all relate to all of that I think people are always interested in nostalgia and the past that's why You know, there will always be on the air, you know, every so often some sort of Wonder Years, Happy Days, Freaks and Geeks, kind of, and the Goldbergs, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Hmm. And it's funny, like, our stakes change as we get older, and one of the funniest, um, I think we're going to see it in the trailer we're going to watch, is one one of the girls says... You know, I can really sympathize with Anne Frank and, and her diary. I, I know what she was going through or something like that. It's like, you're talking about Anne Frank and the diary, <laughs> but she was talking about something from her from her youth. But remember when we were a kid and we had a final? The whole world was over and where we had a date that we couldn't go because mom took the car away. I mean, those were our stakes. Put that stake against my stakes today. It's like, girl, like it's just weird how, how, that, how the stakes are just so different, but no less important. At that time, well, it's that, relative. Yeah, I mean, the stakes yeah, yeah. are
3: relative. If all you've experienced is, you know, minutiae and all of a sudden you can't get the car to go on a date, that's everything because there wasn't much else. You didn't have to worry about the bills yet, most of the time, you know, or food or whatever. Most of the time, it's.
0: We were we worried about being the cool kid, like yeah. that's what and what Cobra Kai deals so well with is being that cool kid, um, and what that I, really means. I don't know if you're gonna talk about this or not, but I just gotta, you're a co-host girl. Bring, no, I, bring I just it up. have
3: you seen the the theories about Daniel Russo being the actual villain? Have well, you? Because <laughs> like he does the kicks illegal.
0: Yeah. That he does. Hundred really percent right? so, yeah. so you have to watch Cobra Kai because it okay. deals with it this. Does we it. see didn't Billy's okay. story and it's like Daniel Russo's a bitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy, Billy is brilliant. And, and he, you know <laughs> that scene that scene that you always see in, in the in the in the in, the, in the, the rent the car shop. Yeah. You know, where he is dying because you know, he says you're the guy oh uh, I kicked him in the face. You know, Ralph says that. Yeah. You know, Billy's dying there. Because it was an illegal kick, yeah, and it was an illegal kick. And of course, you know, a couple of years ago, someone threw that out there in a video, and, it was, and they're right. It was a, There's no such thing as a crane kick. And I have always, in every autograph show or every time we have a panel, I always say, I said, I want everybody to know that this is the real Karate Kid because that guy with the dark hair at the end over there—it was an illegal kick—and everybody cracks up for twenty minutes, you know. You know, but that's true, it's it's true. It, it is yeah. an okay,
0: and we get to see part of Billy's past in Cobra Kai so we understand why he was the way he was and I'm sorry, uh Creasy was a big part of making him kind of a jerk. I want to take a peek, uh, well, not a peek, and I'm not doing any spoilers here because the internet already went crazy we We all know i I want to show the finale of Cobra Kai, and I want to show <laughs>
3: Wait, i don't I don't think I can stay. I haven't seen the series too bad. No, no can I, do I have to leave? Have no, you seen it then? No, I haven't seen it. But are
0: you going to ruin will take yourself? off our headphones. I don't know. No, no, no. It's it's awesome, <laughs> you guys. And this is this is, <sighs> this is this is part of history. Go ahead and play. This is the finale of oh. Cobra Kai. This is Billy all grown up. He looks pretty damn good, by the way.
2: You did what I always thought you could do.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. so awesome! What? Real orchestra, by the way.
2: Cobra Kai is back where it belongs. Back on top. Everyone closed the book on us. They thought we were done. But now they see. <laughs> that the real story is only just begun. Boom! Yes! Wow! Cobra Kai
0: on YouTube Red. If you haven't seen it, just binge watch it. Um, uh, you guys have resurrected YouTube Red. I mean, you've made YouTube Red a thing. Um, That's so awesome. No, I know. In approaching it, you kind of already, in your own mind, had an idea of how he was going to come back and what he was going to like with the cigar and everything. And it, it kind of mirrored what you actually did.
2: how did you know that? You must have watched it. I every do interview. research. I do research. I had a dream, and it was that dream except I was standing outside and I was having a cigar. In a strip mall. And, and, and almost in a strip mall, yep. it was a storefront, very much like, I'm sure, you know, subconsciously, what the dojo looks like now. It's just big windows on Lancashire yep. Boulevard. And um, I just, both of them walked out of the storefront, which was the dojo, in my dream, and I said, hey, friends, good to see you. But which one of you is the hero? And that was, I said, in my dream. And then I don't remember telling them that, but they did it almost wow. exactly. Like, Whoa! You that's know? <laughs> so meta. Because I, I, you know, I wanted to do more. We all want to do more as actors. I wanted to come in in episode six, episode seven. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And they said no. You're going to set up. You know, you're going to set up uh, season two. Can you tell us anything? But you mean about season two. Of course. Yes. I, I really can't. Uh, I mean, okay. I wait, I just know it. Wait, 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 wait. Is forget, he a good witch or is he a bad? Wait, witch? forget <laughs> everybody else. Just I'm a, I'm a mixed witch. Just, just everyone. <laughs> okay. I'm a mixed witch that comes on in a very humane way. I'll give you that, and I can't tell you everything. But
3: I'm an actor to actor. Forget everyone else is in the room. Yeah. Just just you and I.
2: <laughs> it's very rewarding. I, it's I'm. Very, hope. It's very rewarding, and and it, because I sat with them at lunch, and their ideas are rewarding, and I want them. You know, I was going to bring in all the research I did about Army Rangers and all this stuff <laughs> that he was, what he was like, his backstory. Because Chris has this
0: whole uh, Vietnam story yeah. that's so important to the. And whole. they're going to
2: do that, you know, hopefully in in, in uh, season three, but they've got great ideas. I mean, these people, you know, uh, they are just, you know, Josh Yield and Hayden Schlossberg and, and John Hurwitz. these people lived wow. the movie forever, and they yeah. they had it all down so well. That when you sat with them in, in September and they said you're gonna have to keep a secret and you can't tell anybody that you're in the show for nine months <laughs> until May third. Yeah. And you're telling people you you know you're dead. You're telling people you're in the KGB. Mm-hmm. You're telling people anything you're, else, you're in yeah. CIA. You fell in love with a girl in uh, <laughs> Chatsworth. You know. Yeah. The bottom line is nobody believed you, but you couldn't tell the truth. Yeah,
3: yeah. How how did it feel to get that phone call? Like being like, hey. Like because you're like you're like rebuilding something that like is a good thing from the past
2: yeah you don't really know until you sit down and talk about it yeah to me you know I've learned one thing that writing is everything. the writers and in this sense the YouTube um, premium now it's called YouTube premium, if they didn't go out in 700 theaters with the movie the week before and Two two of the first two episodes also tacked on to that movie theater. Yep. Now, they Smart. did that. That's
0: brilliant. Because it went viral. It wasn't just that session. It was what people were tweeting and messaging mm-hmm. on Instagram, taking pictures on. Yeah. That's the first time I heard of Cobra uh, Kai was thing. on social media. Same thing. My friends yeah. were, like,
3: tweeting this and talking about it. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What What are you talking about? This is being born again? And I'm, like, it's super excited.
0: And the fact that the story fits so well. it's It's such a direct sequel. And you guys look incredible, by the way. I'm just like... Damn, God! You guys look good. Thank you. Yeah, and, and you can't you you you
2: can binge it easy because it's so well structured. Everybody has an arc. the the kids the you know the young kids didn't have an arc. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's got a problem, it's rectified. Billy is absolutely brilliant. You know, Billy, you know, he's just great. And Ralph is terrific. He's really strong as this character. You know, and um, I mean. It's just one of those things that just kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, It just kind of like worked out, the chemistry. We've all been on projects that we thought were gonna be great, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden went in the toilet, <laughs> you know? One yeah. out of 10 makes us feel like, yeah. like well, I'm glad I got in this business, you know? One out, one of, out 10 of 10 projects is rewarding emotionally to the actor, to the writer, to the, pe- you know, how many, to to, paint, to even yeah, poetry, yeah, when yeah, the guys yeah, write yeah. poetry, they only feel it, probably one out of ten times, that they reach the pinnacle of their art, you know. And um, cinema, thank God, you know. It's a- yeah,
3: it's it's. I always equate it to you know for non-actors, non-entertainment people to like gambling. Like it's the thing you have to keep doing, no matter how much you lose or how much it hurts, you have to do it for the win. Sure. And when you do it, you get it, and you go, and you have it happen. You're like. Okay, now I can deal with another five years of shit. (laughs)
0: That's an interesting analogy, because an actor doesn't know when to leave a project as well. Like, if you're in this long-running, great, successful TV show, when do you leave? Sometimes it works. George Clooney, sometimes it doesn't work. David Caruso. You know, you just never know or what movie to say yes to. Martin, we got this email um, from somebody who's taking on a pretty big project, and they're talking about Steel Justice with Cela Ward, one of my favorite actresses, by the way. Um, This was done after Karate Kid 2. It was your star vehicle. It was Steel Justice. They want to know there was so much pressure on that film and you being the star vehicle. How did you deal with that and how did you deal with the aftermath once that movie hit? Well, I was so hungry
2: to try and do a leading man at that time and coming out of Cagney and Lacey. And I think it was premature. I think now I wouldn't make the same mistake. So many times as actors and so many times in my career that you know you think you can fix a script that's an okay script mm. and you're arrogant enough to think your performance will fix it i'll fix it because <laughs> it's a great role Plus, you're given this I, lead i mean but even if it's not a lead many times it's a co-starring role and you know the script is fair it's not yeah. really good yeah. but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you feel like you love the part and you really want to do it and i can fix it i'm marty cove i can fix it and i was arrogant enough to do that at
3: Hell, I believe it, just you say it. Too
2: many it. times. I know, I
0: feel like, where can I invest? You know? Let me give you my EBT card. Go ahead. You
2: know? and, but I would tell you, all of them failed. They, you can't do that. You've got to have it on the page, mm-hmm. and it's got to be there. And I've learned that from my arrogant self back in the 80s when I thought that, you know, I could go in and fix it. Yeah. And I suffered for a good 15 years of trying to fix stuff that – Because I love Westerns. You love Westerns. I love Westerns. And so many Western scripts are impossible to make because studios don't want to make them. And it's a genre that's been done from 1920 to 1967. One of every three pictures coming out of this town was a Western. Wow. That means 33% of the movies produced of that genre, which is insane. Yeah. So the bottom line is you got to really find a great one. Mm. and we've had probably five great ones in 25 years yeah yes, yeah you know? yeah so so you know you you say oh i'll do anything in that way i'm doing quentin's movie you know and and it, it it's brilliant because it can't talk about it but you know it's just in a sense a western yeah and we want that heritage to return because we grew up on it
4: the manson movies a, a western is that what you mean
2: No, I can't really talk about that. Oh, sorry. He let that slip, by the way. I'm not going to let it slip. It's not really really the Manson. I didn't even think of it. Oh, okay. It's rock and roll.
0: (laughs) Speaking of celebrities and and energy, uh, Dave, during Mortified Sessions on Sundance, you sat down with a number of celebrities um, and their artifacts. It wasn't your typical interview, such as like I do. And I want to know how you do this with celebrities, number one. This is my own personal question because I have celebrities walk in every single time we do this show. Thank you. But also from, (laughs) Um, but also from people that have never been on stage and I've seen some of the backstage videos and they're like, I feel like throwing up and I'm I'm getting ready to do my piece. And, you know, they're nervous of going on stage in front of people. How do you earn these people's trust where they literally show you their naked younger self?
4: Um you don't act like Simon Cowell for real is is a rule that we have, which isn't to knock him. It's just that's what he does is like this affrontive thing. And like we have this rule when we when we bring on producers in, in various cities, we say, like, you're there to let people feel safe sharing with you, and you're gonna help them figure out what of their life is gonna be compelling to a stranger because they don't know. Um they think they know, and you'll just sort of help them. So but I find you know, um, I don't know. I, I Like, I, I'll open this up to you guys because I think it winds up, you start to see it when people start to spill. So, for instance, yeah. um, I don't know. Martin, did you ever write anything as a kid? Yeah. You did?
2: I wrote, in the fifth grade, I wrote a play called The Wagon Train. Oh, my God. And I loved it. And Was I, it I, a Western? It was a, yeah, a Western. He was obsessed with <laughs> I Westerns. Lived. Well, yeah, I lived mean, yeah. I wrote the I wrote the <clears throat> chair my mother's armchair galloping through every western I've ever seen bob steele whatever but the bottom line is I wrote this it wasn't very good but I wrote it in the 5th grade and I took it to the teacher and and she looked at me and she you know, can't do this you know because it, I didn't know what I was doing but
4: she wait wait she actually like she <laughs> she, she she said well
2: yeah. We'll she get shot
4: it. that down at fifth grade kids? <laughs> teachers <weapon>? no, <laughs> shouldn't do that. Oh, my God. Kind of terrible no, she
2: gave me the lead in the Golden Goose, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Which is what we did. I, I got another project. So was that your first yeah, acting yeah. gig? She's yeah, like, yeah I, 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 it probably I, was a better I, script I, than the Golden wait, Goose. Wait, wait,
3: wait, wait. She was like, outside. "I got another gig for you." So here, <laughs> right, that's
2: it. She said you had another gig for me. And I said, "Oh, okay." But this was this and was. The
4: this was you your were, first acting gig. Wound up being the Golden Goose thing.
2: Yeah, it was. A, it was the lead in the Golden so Goose. So the
4: thing that you wound up pursuing your entire life came out of the f- alleged, I guess, failure. Uh, and rejection of the of the train. of you attempting to write and yeah. you just said a minute ago that your favorite thing about uh, when you're a writer when you're acting you're like the thing i got to pay attention to most is the writing yeah and that's i, I like that's an amazing connection like that's yeah. an amazing connection in your life and i find that so often like when you talk to people about their childhoods if they wrote something or even if you just like look at a prom photo it's like teen angst tea leaves and i know you wrote that when you were like Fifth grade, so it's not teen angst, but like it's it's you you know you can look at people's childhood writings and they're fortune tellers to the rest of their life, and that I'd love to know more about that script, but like <laughs> that clearly is a roadmap to your life because it put you on your path. It seems like it. The, the way I never trail. thought of it. Yeah, that's it. you <laughs> never you would never once considered that.
2: Well, the the only I never thought it. You know, it's interesting. I really because I remember clearly submitting it and writing in a loose leaf paper and. That's you know, crazy. Sitting in Brooklyn and writing. My mother would say, what are you writing? And I just wrote, I, I don't even remember how long it was. But it was it was just a wagon train story because I had probably seen wagon train, God knows, in those days.
4: There would be no karate kid if not for the wagon train.
2: It's the butterfly <laughs> effect. That one yeah. thing led to everything. No, but that's, that's. Wow. Fascinating. Steve, you are good. Very good. I didn't do it. You, his that life did it. Great. That's That's my
4: point. It's just about like observing but wait so can you tell us more about the wagon train, wagon train was just, do you so still wagon, have it
2: no i think i was i was influenced by a variety of episodes <laughs> yeah I, <but laughs> he I, wants I, it, I don't have it I, you don't have it <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make has your good. girlfriend has mary seen it mary's seen it yeah she 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 put it down
1: she's, she's, <laughs> she said <laughs> no too she said you can't find it she's right. ridden
2: right. the wagon wait, train
1: is it. <laughs> <laughs> is it even, even her Anthony Hopkins,
2: <laughs> right She said, "Even if Anthony Hopkins came on. It's not going to work." What do you remember?
4: (laughs) What do you remember of the plot?
2: I remember the plot. It was um, uh, a wagon train and um, several different covered wagons and a wagon.
4: (laughs) Wait, are there no people in this? It was actually called. Now you're just. It's Pixar's wagon. It was (laughs) called the
2: Wagon Master. The
4: wagon. The wagon master. That's what it was called. Martin. Hitch this well, to Tarantino. I saw
0: a movie like this once. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, that's what it was called. It, it wasn't called The Wagon, 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 wagon Master. The Wagon
2: Master. And, Master and what did he Mark do? He, he was the hero, and the Indians attacked, and he saved the people in the wagon train, Whoa. and he fell in love with one of the girls. This is all oh, shit coming back home. Wow. 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 And he fell in love with one of the girls, and... This is the fifth grade, man. Yeah. You know oh. what's going no, to come next? No, wait, So You asked me earlier how
4: you do this. It's you liter- just did it. It's literally that. But wait, keep going because this is fast. Whoa. I mean, if you don't mind, no, no, I want to hear No, please, please.
2: please. <laughs> He saves the wagon train. The story we've all seen on television. But in the fifth grade, I remember that, you know, he saved this one family and he really loved the girl. And the girl and he got together at the end when they all were successfully. They lost two or three wagons and they made it across. I don't remember where where they ended up, but they made it across to the depot, wherever that was. That I don't know if they were taking the Oregon Trail or they were, or they were going across the, Missis- the Mississippi River down there. But you know, they were attacked by by um, uh, Indians, and at the time there was terrible weather. And I remember it was it's so flood. deep for a You remember all that? Yeah,
0: it's coming back. Mortified the therapy sessions. This is what's happening. Wow! You just did it. So you just you just oh showed. Oh my god! So you're a hero. You are the hero. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Martin. My name's on the sorry, on no. the banner.
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, but but here's, what's here's, what, here's what's neat.
4: Alexander. Like when you ask people about like some childhood writing, specifically a song lyric. Uh, I think the first response often they're like there's a guy in the Mortified Guide on, uh, on our series on Netflix. There's a guy um, who grew up in Puerto Rico and he wrote all these song lyrics. And when we first approached him about sharing these song lyrics. He goes, all I remember is like, I don't know, like two words, and um, and they're in Spanish. And I said, well that's fine, we'll we'll translate it or whatever. And he says the two words, but we say, can you sing it? And so when he does it, just by accessing that thing in his brain. He went, he was suddenly able to get five words, and those five words turned into eight words, which is like, it's this amazing thing that the human brain does. I didn't do that. Like, Martin did it because, like, Martin went back to fifth grade Martin,
0: to to little Marty or whatever.
4: And, like, it's you can't call Marty yet. You haven't earned it. I haven't earned it. Yes. But, um, (laughs) he's my hero now. Oh, I have (laughs) earned it. Wait. Oh, man. Wait. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Mr. Cower. I I I Marty am one s- time. I, am so I said afraid. Marty
0: like nine times. And now s- I now he yearns it. I am oh, so shit. terrified
4: every time this he touches my shoulder. you me. brush
0: <laughs> his hair, Marty? Martin.
4: <laughs> I am so terrified that every time he touches my shoulder, he's going to hurt me.
0: <laughs> no, you're his favorite, apparently. <laughs> no. So th- this is how you do it. And I'll tell you uh, the way that I do it, like we had Tippi Hedren <clears throat> here, like, Tippy Hedren here, oh, and it's like Tippi Hedren, Alfred wow. Hitchcock, whatever. And it's this is why I do so much research, because you mentioned one little thing to show that you respect them so much that you did this research, and it's that turn instead it's, it's it's that turn like what you just did like you asked him not about Martin Cove, the star. You asked him about the,
4: his fifth-grade self. How badly do you want to put on a production of *The Wagon Master*? Oh my god! What part would I play?
0: I'd be the I'd be the fat Indian on the <laughs> side. I want to be the guy who gets his legs blown off.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> done, Martin. Guy. You have <laughs> it
0: right now. You two, Are you listening?
2: No, I know. I, I think Alexander. I think you're the guy with the elixir selling, going from wagon mm. train. That is so. I would love to play that. From from wagon Trail. The right ladies right and up. gentlemen, you still hair still on step step your head. Step 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 see, I've got this it's right here. here. Oh my <laughs> god!
0: You guys, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Yes. I've, done got done. I've got <laughs> I've got. A do, <laughs> do you remember the characters? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to take a look at the trailer for Mortified and just show you a little glimpse into the Mortified uh, universe. Nice. Yes. Okay. right
4: back. No matter who we were as kids, whether we were the bully or the captain of the football team or the nerd, we all went through the same pains and struggles. If you've got something that you feel like you
0: would kill yourself if people found out, there's no way you can hold on to that. People were a
3: little bit shocked, like you're gonna read your diary out loud? Why would you wanna do that? But the people that don't wanna do it love hearing other people do it.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to Mortified.
4: Dear Diary.
0: Is it true that girls don't have orgasms the first time?
4: I just put down my Anne Frank Diary. I can really relate to her struggle. She said, a lot
0: of what I wrote is about the two of you, and we said, What could you possibly have said that would be bad? (laughs) Dear Diary, Mom is a dork, a moron, and a geek. I hate her so much.
4: Dad is a bitch and butt crust.
1: Butt crust? I mean, I don't know what
4: that 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 was her (laughs) imagination. That was not one that that you got
1: for me, I'll tell you that.
4: Just be yourself, be real, look out into the audience. Every person has something in a shoebox in their closet that is
1: embarrassing and raw from their childhood. There's his nipple, I'm looking right at it. That is making love right there.
4: We had a show a few hours ago. After tonight's DC event, I'm officially digging out my angsty high school diary to share the shame. We started opening chapters in New York and Austin and even Sweden. To this day, we really have no idea what they're saying.
0: That relationship between the performer and the audience is the heart of Mortified. How
1: are you feeling? Uh, totally
2: nervous. <laughs> I'm gonna go throw up again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to take what was once your shame and own it and laugh at it—it's essentially the very nature of what Mortified
4: is about. <laughs> So it's it's really like a rotor router for the soul, <laughs> yeah.
0: Rotor router is what you stick down your drain when it's wrong, yeah, yeah. That is mortified nation, Dave. I have to wow. commend you. You know, I build a brand with on the rocks and everything's on the rocks, and I'm always with this. Your brand has literally uh, dominated every medium from book to podcast to Sundance to Netflix um, oh. to podcast now. So I listened to your podcast, and I was like, okay. I thought it was going to be a podcast like this where it's freeform. Your podcast is like a movie. Every podcast is so well edited, so well thought out. When do you have time to do all this?
4: Well... I, I will give credit where credit is due because You do um, have a team. There is absolutely a team and your mom just sneezed in the most adorable way. Oh, because she's you, like, I'm your team too. Yeah, you have a team too. Bless you. <laughs> it's, it's like a Pikachu. This is my
0: team. mama rose, by the way. And people are like, Oh, your mom's here, how cute. No. My mom tells me, work harder, do this, do that. Okay, uh, mom.
4: But there there's a team, uh, Hadley Dion who is who's, who's uh, who produces and edits everything. Um and, and Neil Catcher Um, Who you saw a little bit in the in the trailer for those of you who are watching Um, But uh, Neil is the showrunner and real architect uh, of the podcast um, and puts together everything and then I Tend to sort of I guess do like special project interviews or various other things and occasionally writing various stuff Um, and like literally just got out of We're like working on two episodes and trying to wrap two of them by like tomorrow Um and then got into an Uber and got here. Hmm.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, Uh, no, I
4: was super excited. I was like, "There's free alcohol and talking." How how did you come
3: up (laughs) with it originally? I mean, what was it like? An idea that you and guys had. So like,
4: when I was in fifth grade, I wrote this thing, uh, a Western called The Wagon Master. <laughs> yes. Did your teacher like it? Oh, yeah, Martin. My, my teacher gave it to me and said, no one has ever written this. <laughs> Say that it's yours.
0: Martin. Mom. P.S. Martin, we cast we cast Lou Diamond Phillips in The Wagon Master, by the way. Yeah, well, He's yeah. the lead of the Indians. Yes. Yeah.
4: So no, I wrote a love letter to, I grew up in Michigan and I, I wrote a love letter um, when I was in high school there. Uh, To one of my classmates and never gave her that love letter and then years later in my 20s um, I'd actually sold uh, I was kind of working as a TV writer or aspiring TV writer and I'd sold some shows and then they all went Kerplop and I thought oh, I'm a failure. I'm a met like this is Mm -hmm. uh." And in the ashes of that seeming failure. I was like You know, I have that love letter that I, I recently found what if I just put that on stage and Rent a theater for a night it's only a couple hundred bucks and if I break even great and um, That turned into 15 years of my life. That's crazy. Which is around the age That I was when I wrote that love letter to that girl like I probably wrote it when I was 16 um, Yeah, and here's the crazy thing she Has I mean as far as I know has no idea still like I don't know her is she bear- on Facebook What's Kurt, her name? Give her what's a call. Her na- yeah, yeah. yeah, what's her name?
0: Dave, she's actually here right now. What, oh no, hey, <laughs> it's, it's your your mom. Mom.
4: <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm what, your dad. What's her name? Hey, girl. This I'll, ser- I'll search it right this now. This is yeah. your life. This is yeah, your yeah, life. So, so But, yeah, yeah this person um, – mm-hmm. So we've, we thought about doing an episode uh, of the podcast where we, we basically finally deliver this love letter to this person and say, listen, wow. because of you, not only have you changed m- my life – uh, inadvertently and I hope that doesn't creep you out stranger but um, but also like people have met because of mortified and people have fallen in love and got married and babies have been born and people have come out of the closet I've even heard stories of people going back in the cl- like it's just like had a weird impact on audiences
0: uh, I even mean, if, if you watch some of the show like the live shows you look at the audience faces it's unbelievable what these stories do for other people and that's mm. what I love about this show how different are the four of us right now we are we couldn't be more different but we're sharing stories and we're interacting, like we're the cool kids club right now. Thank you so much for, for what you do. Absolutely. Not to be schmaltzy, but like, yeah. Oh, well, thanks, brilliant. thanks I have to the wagon very, master. I have a very deep question for you when, 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 I, when I come back to you. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna let you percolate on it, because it's will. a big, uh, I got this a few different ways. You know, we have a large LGBT audience. Yeah. Um, in terms of like baking a gay cake or not baking a gay cake, If somebody were to come with you uh, with mortified stories of racism or propaganda that they promote, what would you do in terms of it's their youth story, too? Okay. So think about that. Uh, Martin, people want to know uh, your audition for the Karate Kid. What was it like? Because I know you got into being a black belt after Karate Kid kind of came to you, right? Yeah, pretty much. So what was the audition like for Karate Kid?
2: <clears throat> well the audition was I was given the um, I was given the script on a Monday by a casting woman Carol Jones she said I have all week to prepare and I was you know on hiatus from Cadnia Lacey so to me I read this it just looked like another heavy it, it didn't have that much dimension and uh, then she called me the following morning and said John Avilson wants to see you on the set today at noon and it was nine o'clock Mm. And I said, you said I have all week with this. <laughs> and she says, well, it's now or never. I'll never forget that on the phone. It's now or never. So at the time, my ex-wife, Vivian, said, I, don't know, I, was, I was feeling venomous and angry. She said, use all that venom. Mm. Do these lines. Mercy is for the weak. Yeah. Here and on the streets. Go through it. And, and just, you feel that venom. And then when you, and so I went in to see John Avelson and the casting person. And then I just, to get myself pumped to that place, I said, you know, John, we wait for years to meet directors of your quality, and we fire our agents, we fire our managers, and, you're, and you didn't give me any time to prepare this. You're a real asshole, and so are you, Carol Jones. Mercy is for the weak. Went right into it. Created that venom, that anger, and he loved it. That's a gamble
0: too. Talk about gamble. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You can't do it today. I've done it today and failed.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, I mean, you know. was like no, you won't be on Will and Grace this season. That Sorry. was too sensitive but for I, me, though. That was too sensitive. I, I, I did it, <laughs> but I did it to Jerry Weintraub as well, <clears throat> because you know Jerry, you know, was four days late, and I used that, and screaming and yelling at him, and then calling him an asshole, and going right into the speech, and he loved it. Stopped me halfway through it. I couldn't do it with guy McElwain who was the head of the studio because it just didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> so <laughs> so and, I mean, ultimately, you know, I got the part that way. And, wow. Uh, but today you try to do that yeah. or you pull a gun. I did a pull the gun once in an audition, a prop gun. But because they said to me, I wasn't, you know, I, I really wasn't unpredictable enough. So I went back and got a second reading and I wanted a specific role and I pulled the gun and just, you know held it under the, the, the nose of the producer and he was my biggest fan. I walked out and I turned at the door and I said, gentlemen, I hope we can do business. Ten minutes later, I got the role I wanted. But you can't do that now because no. yeah. now, now yeah. they'll arrest you. you know? Then well, I think it and was... And
0: it's like bringing props in. I was, I'm not not <laughs> that we're on the same level, but like in terms of... Uh, I judge musical theater stuff and this guy's saying, luck be a lady and then he threw the dice and then the dice bounced off and hit the judges in the eyes. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> because you have to have the energy behind it, which obviously you had. Uh, thank you. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So many I, things you try yeah. when you're
2: younger, and you're winging it, and you're full of energy, and as you get a little more seasoned, you say, God, if I met an actor like that, and he was waving a gun around and all that, I'm not quite, I, you know, you can run around with Peckinpah and Sam Fuller on the floor and shoot at each other like we did when I auditioned for these guys for their westerns, but they were crazy. Yeah. these guys, you can't do it to, to regular normal filmmakers. They just yeah, no, no, I,
3: I totally, I totally agree. Like seriously, one of my first auditions, really small thing. Like they actually brought like three of us in at a time. Like you know yes. what I mean? Like here, yeah. just read it, read it, read it. Like and they were just like they didn't care what you did. They just go give me tough. And like the first guy's like, fuck you, man. You know, and the second guy was like, I'll beat you up. And I was like, fuck you and fuck these two assholes. <laughs> this is stupid for making me do it. And they're like, looking at me like, Are you crazy? And I'm like, No, 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 I'm I'm acting. <laughs> like and they realize, oh shit, he's actually telling everyone off. So and I booked it. And yeah. it was like it was that kind of a thing where you're like what this it's isn't a tough, like it's tough. A no tough it's guy just, is like, you know, like a tough guy doesn't say anything.
0: Well, like if you were to walk in the way that you walked in, and I was uh, casting a tough guy, I'd be like, oh, got too soft, too not mean. I oh, see you on screen. You stop. Uh, but you're like the meanest person on screen. <laughs> um, and in terms of a Karate Kid, nobody knew it was going to be this phenomenon. Pat Morita in uh, a documentary is coming out about him. In fact, I think you did an interview for that. Hmm. Pat Morita was a comedian. They didn't want him. They didn't want him. It was really? coming down time to film. And the casting director was like, okay, well, let's have him screen test. But they said no to him from day one. And Pat Morita was at the lowest part of his career. He was doing uh, comedy routines for political party stuff. There was nowhere he could go. Oh. And he got the part. And he, he got
2: the part because John wanted him from the beginning. And, and Jerry called him the hip nip. He knew his career in Happy Days. Sheesh. And he just said, you know, he didn't want him. Wow. And, and then John made a little video and showed it to Jerry. And Jerry said, okay. That guy was that impressive. And he was wonderful. He was
0: and talking amazing. about bottom of his line, Pat Morita was back on the plane, back to Hawaii where he was living. And he was like, there's nothing to come back to. I've failed this, whatever. Yeah. And they called him and they said, you you got the part. Wow. And, and everything. Like, you guys didn't know it was going to be this. No, no one,
2: no one thought. We, we didn't even like the title. We talk about that at panels all the time. The Karate Kid sound like a Bruce Lee movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't like the title. And, you know, all of that celebration of, you know, we, we kind I always say what what constitutes a classic, you know? Years ago, we had Casablanca. Years The Searchers, we had, you know, in lately Raiders of the Lost Ark and Titanic. You know, but what truly constitutes a constitutes a classic like Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. And Rambo is somewhat of a classic. It's the first one of One Man Against the World, you know, and probably Avatar will be eventually, you know. But to me, what constitutes a classic in cinema is when the entire family can go to see a movie three times and of all ages and enjoy it. Mm. And the value of Cobra Kai is that you all can sit around and watch that TV show of all ages, kids of all ages yes. in the household, and it's like watching Ed Sullivan. Everybody will find something that attracts them to right. that show. Right. And we haven't had a show like that in a long time. Long time. Things are too dark, you know?
0: Yeah, well, that's a really good point. And I will say, just like with comedy, you can't play at comedy, you can't go out to make a classic, and it just it just happens. Uh, Martin, we're going to take a little peek at... Uh, at your original karate kid moments, just to get a little little comparison. <laughs> and Dave, when we come back, we're going to ask you the answer to that question. Sure. I'm out. I'm out. What do your sensei Turn, Neil.
2: Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. no
1: sensei no mercy.
0: This is going to be so much fun. I hear the sensei is a really good guy.
2: Love exists in this dojo, doesn't it? Yes, master. You're so fun and playful in, this. in look this. Look how fun. Like, doesn't it? Yes, master. Everyone is a special winner in this dojo, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> yes, This master. is where I got the emails. Like, has Martin here? softened? Hey, you're the best. Around. Show mercy.
0: Nothing's
1: going to ever keep you down. Uh, it's a, <laughs> oh, that's a great okay, that's a right. song. That's a so, song. That's, that's Nothing's ever going to keep you cool. down. Yeah. You're the best
0: around. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. But that's, that's the <clears throat> comedy, and that's like you having fun with your role. And yeah. we got to see the whole dichotomy there. Martin, it's such a pleasure to get to interview and have Thank you here. You. Thank you. It's, it's,
2: it's really fun. I mean, get this passionate about cinema. Usually you just sit around and have cigars and watch the Wild Bunch and then you get passionate, but this is you know
0: you do a good job
2: here. It's really oh gets oh. me cooking.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you know he could call you Marty. but uh, no, he's the wagon man. Oh, <laughs> 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 so Dave, back to the question, gay cake. Uh, why would you limit somebody that has a message that we might not agree with if it's actually part of their past?
4: It's So, basically, occasionally. Everything that gets submitted to our show is inappropriate. That's why it's mortifying. Occasionally, we do get things that are um, sexist, uh, homophobic, uh, um, deal with race. I don't know if they're like necessarily fully racist, but they certainly walk into the gray areas where we're like, ugh and i will i have noticed that over the years the audience's appetite for that has become stricter and stricter Mm. and i think uh meaning uh and i think part of that is healthy and good and part of that is um not Mm. healthy and so it's been very interesting to sort of um kind of deal with that but like for instance there's an episode we badly want to do of the mortified podcast where you know like like for instance there's this woman who who wrote when she was in the 90s she was in high school she wrote diaries about her obsession with a kennedy son who came to light if maybe you guys remember this but there was a kennedy nephew who was accused of rape and it became a very big trial in the way that the oj trial was i remember it very well and there was lots of women in the country who became obsessed with this guy rich good looking um, and and you as well you got you were obsessed with him. He was cute. Yeah, Sorry. he was he was a hottie so and yet he's accused her I don't remember if he actually uh, was convicted or anything like that, but uh, So there's this really messed up thing where she's writing these diary entries about like this Guy who's accused of a terrible atrocity and That's the only reason she knows about it And she's also saying that the women who are accusing him are just looking for fame and their whores and all the things that are now playing out now with all the me too stuff yeah. and we see it as sort of an opportunity to sort of deal with that. Not that our show is inherently political, unless you consider empathy uh, political, which which it could be. It can Not be that statement. But but um, but our, our but so we want to deal with it, but we haven't figured out the right context. And so I think you can deal with anything. Any if the person is embarrassed by it, um, this is how I used to be, and I was, you know, like uh, we'll definitely have like some. Um, you know, some 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 things where, like, teenagers throw out words that are, you know, homophobic or whatever. Um, but but they immediately can brace it with, like, like a, a, a shrug or a laugh. Or if they're gay today. And that was know,
0: the climate of the you, time, you know. Yeah, and that was
4: the climate of the time. And, like, gay was, like, you know, like, oh, he's so gay, right? And so that was this thing that we just don't say anymore as a, as a pejorative term. But, um yeah, so so but and today we can kind of laugh at that because we're laughing at the use of that word. There I I think there are certain things that you just can't lines you can't cross. Race is really one of those. Um and uh and so but so for us it's all about context and if we can find the context to make something work, uh we will we will do it. Like there was there was recently an episode uh dealing with l- uh, a Latino um uh, guy who, who drew all these like very messed up uh, he's gay and Latino and um, First-generation and he, he came here and he was doing drugs and all these like he was he, he got into like a hard time but he was drawing all these very dark scary cartoons and um, that were like sexist or something and uh, We we spent a lot of time arguing and figuring out behind the scenes like what should we share of these cartoons or not and so mm. It's all about context. Interesting.
0: We have had such a great conversation. I cannot believe it's almost over. So we finished the show rapid fire. And I mean rapid fire. You have to answer super, super, super fast and then give our viewers and listeners uh, where they can find you because my heart is still beating from what you just said, by the way. Oh, who wants to go first?
3: Martin. Silence.
0: Martin. <laughs> <worry>. okay, Martin <laughs> yes, wants to go first. <laughs>
2: rapid, <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> I'm leading the wagon train now, so what is it you need?
0: Wagon <laughs> master. Ra- He's the wagon I'm master. All right, ra- you're, ra- the <laughs> master. you're the wagon <laughs> master. Arcan- master. You just remembered it. Master. Now you can't forget it again. And answers yeah. the questions I'm gonna, The, I'm the wagon it. master starring Martin Cove and yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips. the questions <laughs> now. Okay, so this is as rapid as you can do. Worst audition? Um, Broadway show. You want the whole... Uh, oh, that's, sir. no, because you, you give the answer, but now I'm interested. It was a Broadway show?
2: No, it was worse than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was a Broadway show, which I don't even remember the name, but when I went up there was a musical audition, and I went up on 8th <gasps> Avenue, and, and uh, the director oh was God. there, and, and the other pianist was there, and I did Surrey with the Fringe on Top from Oklahoma. Gordon oh. McRae, yeah.
0: There's a bright Ducks golden haze on the meadow. Do right. <laughs> uh. you
2: know what the reaction was? The director turned to me and said, can you do happy birthday?
0: (gasps) Oh, because they wanted to, this is why they asked you that, to see if you could figure out the difference of the note. You must have been tone deaf.
2: Tone deaf? It was so bad. (laughs) Martin,
0: Martin, can you quickly, before Kurt cuts us off, can you do, there's a bright.
2: There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. You've no, I mean so you start with no, French on top. I can do that. So. When I take you out tonight with me, honey, here's the way it's going to be. You will sit behind a team of snow white horses in the slickest gig. What is this? Phantom back here? <laughs> 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 This is how we do.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I might ask you to sing like Happy that. Birthday. Right. Okay. Yeah, sing me Happy Birthday. It's good. Mark, <laughs> uh, worst piece of advice you would or oh, sorry. What piece of advice would you give yourself at age 18?
2: If she doesn't love you, then forget her and move on.
0: Great. Dream co-star that you would love to act with now who has passed. Um, um,
2: Yes. um, Um... Rapid fire, girl. Yeah. Yes, I'm so sorry. Descri-
3: uh, describe the, the uh, person. Yeah,
2: Lyanna Winter, um, Lyanna uh, Winter, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine
0: yeah. The calories are in bloom again. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's oh, terrible. Good. This is why we should get married. Uh, one role you wish you could go back and redo? Steel Justice. <laughs> Very interesting. What <laughs> oh, we gonna do? a remake of so. Steel Justice. Yes. Uh, type of femoral you want to play so badly, but you just haven't.
2: Rhett Butler. Mm. Oh yeah, Martin. Frankly, where be, yeah. can
0: our uh, viewers and listeners find you? Hey, you can find me at um, martincoveonline.com. It's very easy. Your website is so great. It's Cove. It's K O V E. All right, who's next? I'll go. Go, David. <laughs> yes. One of the biggest mortified stories artifacts that has stood out over the fifteen years.
4: Um, it's actually, for me, it's probably one that, that uh, is going to come out either this Sunday on the podcast or, um, maybe in two weeks on the podcast where, uh, it's a guy who made a home video to serenade the love of his life. Did it work? And weirdly, we are doing that on an audio medium.
0: Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, what <laughs> would you- It did not work. Ah. <laughs> what would you tell your 16 year old self?
4: Uh, that one day the shit that you are writing is going to become fodder for a <laughs> stage show that you're going to produce.
0: If you could have coffee with anyone who has passed, do you see the theme, who would it be?
4: Um, other than uh, my parents, uh, Rod Serling. I would like to have met that guy. Interesting. Uh, mm.
0: Your personal life is, like, we don't find that much out about you in personal. What is your guilty pleasure?
4: I think I always think I'm an open book. Uh, my guilty pleasure, Jim um, Kata, the greatest, you know, karate gymnastics film of the 80s. This
0: was from a fan in terms of like personal activity. I gotta, I gotta put this
3: in. I gotta put it Gym in. I gotta put it in. Jim like...
4: Kata. Uh, here's something I love doing. I, I, I hope this answers. <laughs> um, I actually love going on YouTube. Yeah. And, YouTube um, red what Cover. No, 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 just YouTube. Oh, okay, sure, YouTube Premium. But, um, but I like going on YouTube and looking up a, a song and then typing the word cover and then I just. Oh
0: my God, Dave, we are best friends. Let's do it. Up, I look up. I will look at hundred. I have yes. to see how the song has been interpreted. Yeah, you,
4: I want. I love seeing, and I like, I like when it's bad. I like when it's weird thing. I like when it's good. I like when it's bad. Oh my and God, And I will watch like fi- I will like watch like forty five minutes to an hour Dave, of I'd the l- same song done by like some fat guy like in his basement and some like 14 year old girl uh four in the morning friend. yeah yeah when
0: i got home at 11 i will do this because i'm just interested it. about oh my god that's literally my thing well, well, well. i've never met anybody else that 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 doesn't wow. okay i've done doris day covers where i watch oh god okay uh your biggest pet peeve because you're always so
4: positive and nice
0: what is something that just sets you off
4: um, I really hate when cars go into the walking lane while I'm walking into an intersection and I'm like a big like walking biking yeah. activist kind of person. There's a limit line I, for a reason yeah, there's a limit line and I Whatever. get I get real aggro. It's the one moment I get very masculine and 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 like rage fueled. And you're the uh, pedestrian that I lightly yeah, tap yeah. to say, hurry up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the limit line master. <laughs>
0: yeah, that <laughs> Dave, is my story. Where can our listeners and viewers
4: find you? Um, you can check out uh, Mortified at getmortified.com uh, on Twitter at Mortified. But you can also find me at Dave Nadelberg, and I won't spell it, so you'll figure it out through Google.
0: And he's so nice and he's so accessible. I
4: just. Well, I mean, you're a, so nice and accessible.
0: Yeah, but like, you have the empire and everything.
4: What is this? We're sitting in like the. Do you know it's that we record behind. our podcast like in like a like a, sh- a closet? Like this is beautiful. You come you've out of the a closet, man. girl. <laughs> yes, uh, Kurt, I'm working on that.
0: So I never do uh, rapid fire with co-host because we're co-hosting. But right. so all not of the tonight. fan emails, I thought we'd just knock it out real fast. Yes, type of role you want to play that you haven't yet. Uh, uh actually, I don't know.
3: Rapid fire. I know. I know. It's supposed to be rapid fire. How about slow fire?
1: Mm. No,
3: it doesn't
0: work. <laughs> Kurt's sweating. No, we I, have, I, we have I, a network. Character to
3: do. I'd like to play. Um, I don't know. I like playing characters that have duality, so dark and good guy at the same time. Like it's just. Uh, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Mm, not as psychotic. More grounded.
0: You didn't answer that question at all. (laughs) Um, Oh, I got this from many people, especially from our last tryst at the Abbey. What is the gayest thing that you do? Is it moisturizer? Is it um, like what is the gayest thing that you do? Uh, This made me laugh. I think the the
3: gayest thing that I do is probably baths. I like baths. Is is that gay? That's gay. (laughs) Gay gay people don't even have time
0: to (laughs) (laughs) do baths.
3: It's not. No. I don't do, I actually don't moisturize. I don't do anything. (sighs) I don't know. Sing. sing. What about have (laughs) sex with men?
0: Besides that. (laughs) My God, we have Martin Cove here. (laughs) Um, Kurt, this is actually a deep one. And I've got this so many times. I'm like, we finally have to ask it. Would you go back and avoid getting in your accident? The
3: only way I'd avoid getting in my accident is if I could retain what I've learned since the
0: accident. So then no. That's that's pretty deep. Uh what would the name of your biography be? Don't start with acid. <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord. Alright, finally, um, and I think it's because of the girl your girl fans are wanting to know if they're your type. Who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush. A Lister. A
3: Lister. Charlene. Charlene, who? Give
0: me her last name. <laughs> Oh my god! Then we have to talk. Cause Why? She's gorgeous. Anyway, so now you know your type. Well, you guys, this I got has so been much
3: shit for the rapid fire. You guys were like gloated upon, and I get
0: Charlize Theron. What's wrong with her? I know her personally. We're gonna talk later. You guys, this has been such a culmination, and I love to end <laughs> Pride Week. By the way, of this, is like this is this is great. We all have stories. Entertainment. I know. Thank you, guys. We're all my, the same. My
2: pleasure. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you, Alexander. and we got to uh, like learn a little bit more about you, Kurt. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, thank you, UBN. Mary, thank you, thank Radio. Thank you very much, Mary. Thank, thank you, Mary. You. And Mary, girl, she's bringing the sexy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and your hey, mom girl. too. Yeah. Yes, and my mom. Your mom, mom sneeze. <laughs> she <won't>. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I love you. you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>